I got the coolest thing in the world with me today. So quickly, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're talking about David and Goliath. Last night in verses 1 through 11, we saw the world. Today we're going to see the warrior, and then we're going to see the winner. And uh, last night we looked at the world in verses 1 through 11. But I want you to quickly get over to verse number 40, because I want to show you a really cool thing I got with me today. I've had the privilege to be in Israel seven times. I lived on a kibbutz for about four, or excuse me, about six months on kibbutz Ashtat Yoko Vikud, and we got to work with the Israelis every day, whether it was the dates, the bananas, whether it was the kitchen. We worked with these Israelis, and we had chances to witness to them without an exaggeration, some way, shape, or form, precept upon precept, line upon line, almost every day of our lives. But we also got to take some field trips. I mean, we lived in Israel. So we went to a field trip one time. It wasn't really that impressive of a place. It was, uh, there was no souvenirs, there was no tourist trap. It was just alongside a road, you just kind of pulled out, and there was like a dirt, like little gravel area where you could see people could park there. And then there was a barbed wire fence, and then there's a field, and then there's a couple mountains. Well, it was the Valley of Elah. And the Valley of Elah, thank God, hasn't become a tourist trap yet, but it was where David killed Goliath. And so we went there. I've been there seven times, matter of fact, and every time I've been there, I've always done the same thing. You park the bus or the van or whatever you're in, and you get out. you got to walk about 100 to 200 yards down into a little culvert. Then you got to crawl under the barbed wire fence before you can get in the valley. But man, you're not going to Israel if you're not going to find out where David you know, killed Goliath. And so you go out in the field, and then my father-in-law would always give the most coolest illustration, and he'd bring a sling out and a stone, and it was really cool. And then when that was done, you walked over to a little wadi, a little brook. That was at the time of the years that we went. I don't think I ever saw water in it. But a little brook, a little wadi, and then you'd pick up some stones. And I want you to see some. Look at verse number 40. And he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. Well, I've been to that brook. And had David picked up six, it would have been this one. I got the sixth stone right here, you know. This stone came from the brook that David picked up his five smooth stones that killed Goliath, and I got the sixth one right here, and I want to give it to someone special. Today, we're going to look at the character of this warrior. We're going to look at his cause, and we're going to look at his confidence. We're going to look at the winner as well, but I want to also look at the warrior today. I've been here for eight years, and there's a man here that, as I studied this passage of Scripture, I really believe shows the character of the heart of David as we're going to study it today. His name is E.J. Johnson. And E.J., I want you to come on over here, would you? Now, E.J. doesn't know what he's going to get. I asked E.J. So, I called up E.J. this morning. I said, E.J., I need you to be in chapel. 
He does not know. I didn't tell you what you were getting. Come on up here, EJ. I didn't tell what EJ was going to get or anything like that. But EJ, in just a few moments, the students and I are going to study 1 Samuel 17. We're going to look at a warrior that, uh, first of all, was faithful in the least things. And God made him ruler over much. We're going to see a, a, a man that uh, knows not how to just salute authority and submit to authority, but how to serve authority. And E.J., I've been here for eight years, and I really do mean this. You have had the spirit of David in the time I've seen you. We really haven't worked together much. I've called you up a thousand times, and every time I call you, you're always there with a David spirit. And I can't think of a better person to give one of my David rocks to. And I'm telling you, man, this probably would have been the sixth stone that he would have picked up. This is it. But this does, E.J., this does come from the Valley of Elah. This comes from the brook that David picked up his stones. And I think we as a student body, and, and I know we as a staff, want to thank you for showing us a David spirit and being the warrior for God. You know what? You don't stand behind the pulpit, but you preach. You preach to all of us. The way that you minister, the way that you serve, keep that. And you know what? You get a lot of giants. And a lot of times we call you the last minute, and it's a giant task. It's a Goliath task, and you knock it down every time. And we just want to take a moment. We want to thank you for a David spirit. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. While you're standing, let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started with the warrior. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for David. Lord, I thank you for the God of David. I thank you for you. And what is so amazing to me, the same God that David went down in the valley of Eli or Elah to battle and to fight is the same God we got today. Father, David's long gone. But you aren't. You're still with us. And Father, may we be warriors in 2020 for the same God David was. And that the whole world would know that you are the Savior. That you are the God. God, that's why David went down into that valley. It amazes me too that after 3,000 years, there is still a cause. And that cause is the glory of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Lord, may we learn what it is to be a warrior, and may we understand that you are the winner. We pray these things now in Jesus' name, and God's warriors said, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. You know, just the very fact, the way that you recognize DJ is also a tribute to each one of you students. Because I do believe, that there are Davids on this campus. I believe there's men and women on this campus and underneath these tents that have that same spirit and as a warrior. I want you to begin as we looked at verses 1 through 11 last night. We looked at the world. The thing that amazes me about the Philistines is where they were. What in the world were the Philistines doing in Judah? But they had overcome them and they had overtaken them. I want to tell you something today, college students, as we kind of mentioned last night. I don't know if I said these exact words, but we are being bullied about our faith and our God. We cannot allow the world to intimidate us. 
we have the answer and we are in the right. And what these people did, the way that these warriors responded, as we talked about last night in verse number 11, they responded in two ways. They were dismayed, they were beaten down, and they were greatly afraid. And I pray that under these tents right now and here in this student body, that we have young people that will not be beaten down by the world and not be afraid of what you believe. There's a way to handle it. There's a way to present it. We do it. We speak the truth in love. But do know, college students, don't be bullied about what you believe. Don't ever back down to the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ, as they did there. But notice the next two words in verse number 12, as if you can tell everything in this narrative is about to change. The next two words, so really loud, student body, verse number 12, the first two words are, everyone together? Yeah, and everything changes now. Now we got a 16-year-old boy that's taking care of dad's sheep. But now David's going to come into this story. And everything's going to change in this story because of a teenager. College student, you have the character, the cause, and the confidence of what we're about to study. God is preparing you right now to be a now David. To step into a scene, but you don't know that. You don't have any idea where it's going to be. But you need to be a now David. That when you enter into something, it's going to be changed because of the faith that you have, the God that you have. Everything's going to change in this story because now David is going to walk in and he's just a young person. So don't believe and don't at all handicap yourself on who you are and what disabilities you have and what you, you don't have and what things you, well, I could really be a now David if I could do this or if I was a musician or if I was more of an athlete or if I was smarter or if I was a, no, 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 now David. That's interesting, a little bit about his pedigree and his position. Now David was the son of uh, that Ephrathite uh, the, of Bethlehem Judah. Now his pedigree is his dad is Jesse, his grandfather is Obed, and his great-father, great-grandfather is Boaz. That's a pretty good pedigree line right there. Matter of fact, out of this pedigree line is going to come the Messiah, the Yeshua HaMashiach. But it's interesting, his great-grandfather is Boaz. I don't think it can get better than that. But notice this. So some of you come from really good Christian homes. You're third, fourth, fifth generation. Matter of fact, let's just see what we got here today. I would not be able to stand for this group because I was uh, first generation. My mother and I got saved about two months apart. I led my dad to the Lord 25 years after I got saved. So I'm definitely a first generation Christian. But if you have a godly heritage, your mom and dad love the Lord. They serve God, whether they're in full-time ministry or not. They serve the Lord in their church. Your mom and dad are good examples, and you have a good pedigree, and you have a good heritage. Would you stand to your feet right now? You come from a good Christian home. Okay, now, I would not be standing right now, okay? So I don't have what all of you have, but I'm going to tell you this. You ought to be thankful for what you have. If you're standing right now, you ought to thank God for your heritage. Thank you. You may be seated. But I got another one. His position's not very good. He's the run of the litter, okay? He's the last born. He's the... 
He's the youngest. Okay, so how many babies? Now I can stand, okay, because I'm the baby of my family of four kids. If you're the baby of the family, stand up. If you're the baby of the family, well, welcome to the group. Okay, now every, now your older siblings hate you. I know, but trust me, I understand that very well. Thank you, you may be seated. But you know, really, in a way, back in Bible times, being the, the youngest was like the least important whatever. So here he's got this great pedigree, but he's got this terrible position. You know what that teaches me? We all got something and we all don't have something. You know what? Every one of us under these tents, you've got something to offer God. You Maybe it's your heritage. Praise God for that. That'd be a cool thing to have. Every one of us under this tent, every one of us on this campus, we all got something. And you know what? Every one of us, we don't have some things. And that's true with David. So don't look at David and say, well, look at the family he came from. That's why he was such the guy he was. No, he was also the baby of the family. Well, you know, all these obstacles, he'll never do anything. Well, look what he does. The first thing I want you to see in his character, I want you to see he was faithful in the least things. Now, if I was teaching this class and we were going through this right now, I would open this up for discussion. But I believe you students are sharp enough. As I read through these, and I'll kind of do it with a little bit of inflection, just, just start writing them down. Just start, there are so many things that David was faithful in the least of these that is amazing. We'll start at verse 15. But David went and returned from Saul. Okay, we've got to understand that. So he's the musician. He's got this incredible job. He's got this incredible ministry. He gets to be the one who plays music for the king. I mean, does, how cool does that get, you know? But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep. They're not even his. To feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. If you're faithful in the least, God will make you ruler over much. He goes from the king's palace being able to have this really cool opportunity to coming back and taking care of father's sheep. I wrote a couple things down. You go from being a collegiate officer and you go put on your blue crew outfit. You go from singing in chapel and you go out to the SLC and you wash dishes. You go from traveling on a tour group to cleaning your room. You go from a week or, or work on security and you finish your projects. Hey, you know what? We can have some really cool things in our life. But the real test is how you then can take care of the little things in your life and where you are with it. He goes from the king's palace and he comes back and takes care of his father's sheep. He can say, you know what, I'm done with this thing, man. I, I see a life of musician for me. I see man alive. Why am I coming back and take care? I, do you know that I play for the king? I, pray for, I play for King Saul taking care of my dad's sheep. And I was thinking about taking care of a father's sheep. I don't think I'm real good at this. But I have often thought, I rent cars all over the place. Almost, I'm, I'm going to rent a car this, uh, this weekend in, in, in Fort Worth. I'm renting a car. And I was thinking to myself, Jim, do you treat your rental car the way you treat your own car? Or do you like, ah, this is going to bring the back dirty and a mess. Who cares? It's a rental car. 
You know, it's the person who takes care of a rental car that'll take care of a church. It's a person that'll take care of something that's not even yours. And you take good care. Someone bo you borrowed something from somebody. The way you take care of it, the way you bring it back, you bring it back clean, you bring it back folded, you bring it back nicer than the way you got it. That says something about you. This is what David, this is the kind of character he had. He was faithful in the least things. College student, it's not going to be the really cool things you get to do here that's going to prove what kind of character you have. It's going to be faithful in the little things. I have never inspected rooms before this year. But it's just interesting to go into rooms. It's interesting. That, by the way, I will tell you overall, in the guys' dorms that I've been in, I would look at a B plus to an A minus is what I'm looking at overall. It's been pretty good. I've been pretty impressed. But it is interesting when I see things in a room and the way that people take care of things. And I just want to tell you something. I think we could go in those dorms and find out a lot about the way you're going to be in ministry. By the way that you have things in your drawer and the things in your closet. I was staying with Pastor Dave Pittman at, Herndon, um, at Temple Baptist in Herndon, Virginia two weeks ago. And I stayed at his, I always stay at his home when I stay. He's got a beautiful home. And uh, I was asking for something, and uh, to get to, to, he was in the, he said, oh, yeah, I see this. He brought me back in his uh, bedroom, and he's a widower, by the way. His uh, wife passed away a couple, uh, about three years ago, uh, Susan Pittman. And um, he called me in his bedroom, and we went into his, he's got this huge walk-in closet. And I walked into the closet, and I just went like, okay, I have never, I mean, he doesn't have a wife, Okay. I have never walked in a class. He had his short sleeve shirts all from light color to dark color, pastels in the middle, you know. He had his long shirts. He had his suits. They all were socially distanced from each other. It was, I've never seen, he had the shoes all in colors from tennis shoes all the way. I said, Dave, I have never been in a closet that looked like this in my entire life. He said, oh, whatever, you know, whatever. And I thought to myself, Dave has been very successful. It is amazing. They're, they're in a $36 million building program in their new church. And you know what? Dave Pittman is faithful in the little things. You see the guy's closet. I know he's going to be faithful in the big things. And college students, as you read through this, let's keep reading down. Um, for, hey, by the way, verse 16 is important. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented him sell 40 days. Well, Dr. Charles, that has nothing to do with David. Well, here's the thing that's really interesting. While the Philistine is doing his thing for 40 days, God is preparing the person that's going to take down that giant. David doesn't know anything about the giant college student. Do you understand something? You're getting prepared for stuff you don't even know about yet. There are Goliaths out there that you're getting prepared for, it is imperative that you do your projects. It is imperative that you listen in your classes because what you're hearing in class today, you may need to take down a giant five years from now. You cannot slough off. If you're going to be the warrior that David was, here's the Philistines doing his thing. David doesn't know anything about this. Why is that? I just thought that was interesting. That little verse is but right in the middle of this. Because that's what's going on, and God's preparing him for it. Look at verse 17. And Jesse said unto David, 
his son. Take now for thy brethren, and he fought a parched corn, and these ten loaves, and, and run. I said, that was kind of, get over there quickly. i got to get you going. And to run into the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand. And look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. Would you look with me real quick over at verse 51? Just turn real quick to verse 51. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. He cuts off the head. And by the way, Look over at verse 57. I thought, okay, this has got to be several hours here, okay? Look at the middle of verse 57. Abner took him and brought him, that would be David, before Saul. With the head of the Philistine, well, I'm going to add this, still in his hand. He didn't let go of this head, man. He cut that head off. He's got that head in his hands for hours. See, that is gross. I call that's victorious, man. He doesn't let go of that head. Yeah, I want to tell you all something. Nobody on this piece of property is ever going to carry a head until you learn how to carry the cheese. If you can't carry the cheese, buddy, you ain't never carrying the head. It ain't never going to happen. If you think you're going to be this big giant killer and you can't work in the SLC, you might as well forget it. If you don't have EJ spirit, don't ever plan on carrying the head. Because David carried the cheese before he ever carried the head. And you got to be faithful in the least before you're ever going to be doing anything in the much for the cause of Christ. Continuing on, verse number 18. So carry these cheeses, verse 19. Now Saul and they that are all the men, look at verse 20. And David rose up early in the morning, what does that tell you? And left the sheep with a keeper. Now you know what, you could just read over that really quick, but come on, what does that tell you? Now he's so excited that he can go see his brothers and take all the stuff to the front, to the front battle. But you know what, he made sure that everything was taken care of. Hey, you know what? Some of you guys go off for a weekend and you just leave everything behind and you forgot all your responsibilities and, oh man, I forgot about that. I was so excited about the weekend. Well, I just want to tell you, we're talking about warriors here. We're talking about those that God is going to really use. And I want to share this with you. He made sure that everything was taken care of before he left. Before he left, I am sure he signed out before he left. I just want you to know that. <laughs> that isn't funny, Dr. Scheller. You know what? You're right. It's not funny. You guys need to start signing out. And I mean that. Those are the things. Oh, we want to be David. Oh, man, yeah, give me that head. I cut that head right off. You ain't going to be no cut no head off. If you're not even signing out. He made sure everything was taken care of. Brother Scheller, this is chapel, not dean's meeting. I'm telling you something. 
There are people that have given their lives to make you into warriors. And I'm telling you, if you can't even sign out, how are you going to be the warrior that God wants you to be? College students, we do love you. We're giving our lives for you. And we think you are the greatest in all the world. But I'm telling you, you got to be faithful in the least. you got to carry the cheese if you're ever going to carry the hat. I see faithfulness in the least. Number two, I see servant to his authority. Now, this is really interesting. Look down to verse 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Look over verse 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant. Look at verse 36. Thy servant. Now this is something I just saw about two weeks ago in this passage. This is cool. I think you can respond to authority in four ways. College students get this. Number one, you can struggle and strive against it. There are not many of you like that. There's a few of you. You guys are just striving and struggling against authority. There's not, but a handful of you. There's just a few of you like that. But there are a couple of you that are just fighting against authority. You're striving and struggling. Okay, number two, you can salute authority. You can salute authority. I'll tell you what that means. You recognize the authorities on this campus, and you appreciate the authorities on this campus. You salute them. But that's not a warrior. Oh, I know where the next is. Submit. That's right. You can submit to authority. I say that's the majority of this student body. I say the majority of this student body does not struggle with authority. I would say the majority of the student body doesn't just salute authority. I would say the, the majority of this student body submits to authority. But there's one more. Well, that submission thing, isn't that like what the Marines get at Paris Island? That is not true. They take care of that submission thing within 48 hours after they buzz the head and everything like that. No, no, no. They got the submission thing down within 48 hours. You know what the six weeks at Paris Island are all about? Serving authority. And I want to tell you, there is a difference between submission to authority and serving authority. And for no other reason, though I think he deserves it, and I sure appreciate that man. I'll tell you why I brought E.J. Johnson up today. E.J. Johnson doesn't submit to his authority. E.J. Johnson serves his authority. Now, let me tell you something. Serving authority is not worship. No, 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 no. We are not talking about worshiping any authority figure. But I'll tell you what it means. It means working for the success of that authority figure. There are some of you that have this spirit. There are some of you in this campus that don't struggle with authority. You, you do more than salute authority. You're a step above submission. There is a handful of you that you see in your spirit. You serve authority. For the rest of you, if you want to be this warrior, if you want to be this David, 
Can I ask you to go at least to the next level? Hey, if you're struggling with authority, it would be a great accomplishment in chapel today if you started saluting authority, just recognizing and appreciating it. Some of you could start saying, you know what, I'm taking the, the step of submission, but I'm telling you, many of you are ready to take the next step, and that is to serve authority. Guys, that is not worship to an authority figure because i got to tell you the coolest thing with this. When you begin to serve authority, God prepares you to be one day the leader that you're going to serve the people underneath you. In my devotions today, I read that terrible chapter of the division of Israel in 1 Kings. In that terrible chapter where Rehoboam, oh, you stupid person, Rehoboam, that he doesn't listen to his older counselors, he gets his peers together, and they say, man, keep taxing them. Keep taxing them. And the older ones said, listen, if you serve the people and speak good to them and care for them, they will follow you. Yeah, that's an old generation. What's the young guy say? And I got to tell you, Rehoboam ends up dividing the whole thing. You know why? Because Rehoboam never served anyone in his life but himself. And I want to tell you something. Serving authority is what made this guy a warrior. Faithful in the least, servant to his authority. And you know what? However far we get today, we'll get. But I'm telling you, we're talking about the third thing that was made up his character. He was victorious in his private life. He was victorious in his private life. And boy, we're going to talk about this today. Look over there. When he comes, and uh, we're going to get, uh, Lord will, we may have a little time to, to get back to his confrontation with the brothers and all the people, but he says that he'll go do this, and he'll go fight Goliath. You know the story. Let's pick it up at 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this uh, Philistine. I, 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 King, I, God is with me. I just know this. Man alive. And Saul said to David, man, thou art not able to go against this Philistine. Um, by the way, that is a true statement. David is not able to go against this Philistine. This is not about David. Now, the character is what God's going to use. But this isn't about David. Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said, Dr. Shuttler, why do you think you're not pastory? Why do you think that you're at a college? I think for a lot of reasons, okay, I know God called me here, but why are you doing this, Dr. Shuttler? And I think I know. The four years at Pensacola, I came down as a stinking rebellious young person at 18. My hair was on the middle of my back. I came down in a ponytail, a surfboard. I went to college for three reasons. I thought the college was stupid on the beach. I looked at those stupid pictures they had. I came to college for girls, and I came to college for the price. And I was a rebellious teenager. But something happened in my life from 18 to 22. God changed my life. I came saved, but I was so carnal. And I think I see what can happen 
in those four years. And as I look back over it, do you have any major events, Dr. Shetler, that happened 18 to 20? Not really. But I got to tell you what I think happened. I think I saw some lions defeated in my life. And I think I saw some bears of bitterness. And I think I saw some lions of lust that were killed. And my private life started to get on. It wasn't perfect. Oh, I've struggled since then. I'm not saying, yeah, four years I got my private life. But I do believe this happened. It was during those college years that it wasn't my pastor's God or my mother's God. He became my God. And there was a private life that developed. College student, you have got to get a hold of this. How does David defeat Goliath? Because he killed a lion and a bear that nobody knew about. Some of you struggle with jealousy. You will never make it in the ministry. Some of you are struggling with lust. Some of you are struggling on the internet. You cannot have a public ministry if your private life isn't what it ought to be. You have got to see right now in your life, lions and bears destroyed. Because if you do not see the lions and bears, there is no way you'll handle the Goliath out there. But if you begin to see answers to prayer, the bitterness that some of you hold, you struggle with bitterness in your life. You have got to kill that bear of bitterness. You have got to see victory over that bitterness. You're going to have to give them forgiveness. Some of you are holding on to things inside. You will never be able to kill Goliath in the public if you haven't defeated bitterness in your private life. You guys got to get a hold of this. Why am I with college students? And I think it's because I saw what happened to me in my college days. And the greatest thing that happened to me in my college days was God became real to me. There was devotions that started. There was a relationship. I, th I saw that I first answers to prayer in my entire life in my college days. And I left college believing God, the God that was with me when I was a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior, would be the God that would go with me into youth work. The God that I saw in college was the God I wanted to serve the rest of my life. Is that not what David went through here? So, I got this guy. God gave me a victory over a lion. God gave me a victory over a bear. And God will give me a victory over this uncircumcised Philistine. It isn't going to be me, King Saul. But I'm telling you, this giant's going down because I've already seen what God's going to do. College student, I think he's a warrior because of his character. Just real quickly, I think he's a warrior because of his cause. And there's only one thing I want to share with you on this, because I think we read this verse wrong. Well, we read it right, but I don't think we understand it. Verse 26, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? Well, you guys tend to misunderstand that verse as much as all the people that were around. They're thinking, oh, the rewards you're going to get. No, 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 no. I'm not doing this for the reward. 
No, 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 no. Hey, you get, the, you get the king's daughter if you kill Goliath. No, guys, here's what he's saying. See the need, take the lead. Do you guys not see the need? Is there not a cause? Hey, hey, brothers, Eliab, are you going to go? Do you not see the need? No, 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 I'm not talking about reward. I, I'm not talking about what I get. Guys, there's the guy that's destroying our God. You guys have been paralyzed. Do you not see the need? Now, listen, this is really cool. I have heard this all my life, and unfortunately, I have said this many times. And we're coming into missions conference, so you got to hear this. Now, do remember, young people, need doesn't constitute a call. I have said that, and I have heard that for 40 years. Need doesn't constitute a call. Okay, there is truth to that. But I am going to tell you something. Need's got to start the call. There's got to be a need, and you've got to see it. I cannot, and my wife and my boys will tell you this, I cannot tell you how many times I have stopped with people that have been stuck along a road. I have no mechanical ability. I have no medical expertise. I don't have anything in my car to help them. Why did you stop, Brother Settler? Because there was a need. Because there was a need. Well, Dr. Shetler, what are you going to do for the people alongside the road? You don't, have a, you don't have jumper cables. You don't have a medical kit. You don't have anything to give them the drink. You don't have, you don't know, you don't know what, you open up a, a hood, you have no idea how that engine runs. I know. But they need, they have a need. College student, see the need. Take the lead. I have stopped it with so many people, and I don't, I don't know what to do with it. I don't, well, is there anything that I can do? And I'm thinking to myself, there is nothing I can do. But there's a need. So when there's a need, I stop and try to help it. Don't you? Next week, you're going to see a need. Yes, and Brother Shetler, need doesn't constitute call. Yeah, okay. But I'll tell you this. I hope you're burdened. I hope you get shaken. God, there's a need over there. Lord, you want me going? You want me going? Lord, there's a need. This God, I'm going. God, there's a need over here. Oh, give us that. David says, guys, guys, what's going to happen to the guy that goes down there? Well, they, they get, uh, they get uh, Saul's uh, uh, daughter, and uh, they, get, they get Saul's daughter. Hey, by the way, what happened to Dan's sheep? Oh, guys, dad, brothers, don't you understand? There's a cause here. There's a need. He sees, the, he sees his cause. I won't take time with that. See the character. Number three, see his confidence. And the, you know what? And we covered this already. He sees that because of God's past victories, because of God's present glory, and because of God's powerful name, he's going, I'm going, man. I'm going, and you got to see the winner. Look with me at verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Listen, buddy. You comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. Yeah, I don't have that worldly stuff. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, 
the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a lot bigger than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do things I can't do. But I don't, I come in the name of my God, who is alive and has conquered death. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. I just love this. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth. Look at this, because this is the whole thing. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And if you're at this college for any other reason, go home. You better be here for one reason. This God is worthy, and I want the world to know about what he can do. And that's why he's here. He says, this is not about me. This is about my God. And we see the winner. And the only thing I want to tell you about the winner were the weapons. The weapons are so cool. Okay, this is not normal weapons. You've got, I mean, they tried, uh, Saul tried to give them all this stuff. The Philistine, he was like, what do you come with me with a staff? What in the world? And look at verse 49. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in the forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Brother Shatler, I'm going to make a spiritual comparison sling are our prayers and the stone is God's word college student you are being equipped on this campus this semester to do two things you learn how to pray and you you learn how to throw the word of God out there the sling are the prayers and the stones are his promises and his word College student, you leave this college, you better know how to throw up prayers. And you better know how to use the Word of God. And I'll tell you, if you learn how to pray while you're at college, and you learn how to throw the Word of God, I'm going to tell you, this world is going to be turned upside down with what's on this campus. So start learning. You guys are starting to learn how to sling right now, aren't you? There's prayer groups everywhere. Keep it up, guys. Keep slinging, keep slinging the prayers because you got to become good prayer warriors. And then I guarantee you, God will use his word because his word still works. Don't give me all this. This isn't the time. This isn't the place. This country is so ready for revival. But we just got to have someone that knows how to sling the prayers and knows how to throw the word. And I will tell you, We will see everything we're praying for. Are you a warrior? 